Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. God bless you. I want to get into the Word this morning in just a moment. Before I do, I just want to say thank you for every uh, phone call, text message, Facebook post, card, gift, everything you guys have done to uh, love on Megan and my family. The last uh, 10 days have been hard, to say the least, but you guys have lightened our load. Matter of fact, uh, I just began to make notes of the different ways that God's grace has shown up and supported me. Uh, and many of the ways that God's grace has shown up the last 10 days is through you. So thank you for praying for us. Thanks for loving on us. I tell you what, uh, last Sunday morning we were, uh, we were with family. Uh, when, when Dad uh, passed, we were uh, sort of in, in 100 mile per hour preparation, take care of things. And so last Sunday was the first time we actually had time to, to breathe and spend time with family when we weren't running from uh, town to town, and, and I, but I'll tell you, I was really, uh, I was really on the fence about whether to, uh, whether I should come to church last Sunday and preach, or whether I should spend time with family, because I can just tell you, uh, the church makes a difference when you're going through things, and uh, we wanted to be near you, and I just want to say thank you for praying for us. This morning, I want to start a new series and uh, this is sort of an impromptu series. It wasn't on the church calendar for me to do this, but just in the last month especially, uh, I just kind of sort of felt the Spirit pushing me a particular way. And so from now through Easter and beyond, perhaps beyond Easter, I'm going to preach a series real simple. It's called this, His Name is Jesus. How many are thankful for the difference the name of Jesus makes in your life? Hey man, can I tell you, there is nothing more powerful, we just sing about it, than the name of Jesus. There's nothing more healing than the name of Jesus. Sometimes life comes at you so hard and so quick, and, and you can find yourself in a desperate situation when you don't know what to pray. But can I tell you, there's a one-word prayer that I've said multiple times. It's simply this, Jesus. Amen. His name changes everything. When I was a kid, we used to sing this song that there's just something about that name. But friends, the longer I serve him, the more I'm discovering what that something is about his name. It's something wonderful. Today, uh, I want to talk to you. His name is Jesus. Today's message is simply entitled, Jesus Cleans House. Today is the first day of spring which signals it's time for spring cleaning. Many of you have been getting ready to do your spring cleaning. Your backyards are cluttered. Your bushes are kind of look like they left, like you left them alone last November because you did. Uh, and it's time to start dealing with all the stuff, the clutter of life, the stuff that's been too cold to deal with the last three months. It's now time to deal with that. And when I talk about uh, spring cleaning, many of you will think about just tidying up your home, getting the things that were dusty and shining them off, getting the things that were kind of cruddy, and just getting them a little bit more in order. Cleaning. Jesus cleans house. Some of us, when I make that statement, you kind of think domesticated. You think how Jesus might clean your house. But what if I made a different statement? What if I were to say something like this? You know, the company had a new CEO, and that CEO cleaned house. What would that mean? That would mean total transformation, right? 
Things got turned upside down. People got fired. People got pushed out. People got their life turned upside down. It it would mean that the culture of a place changed because somebody came in and they cleaned house. When we talk about Jesus cleaning house, sometimes I fear in the Christian experience that we think Jesus cleaning house is more like spring cleaning. He just shines us up a little bit. He takes our lives that are okay and makes them a little bit better. But friends, I want to tell you, Jesus is not in the dusting off business. He's in the transformation business. He's he's in the business of taking something that was broken and lost and making it brand new today. And one of the things that Jesus wants to make brand new is you, and it's me. And it's not not a one-time event, it's a continual event. Matthew chapter 21, the Bible says that Jesus enters the temple and begins to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He kicked over the tables of the money changers And the chairs of those selling doves, he said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. The blind, the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of the religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you heard or haven't you read the scripture? For they say you've taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight. Father, we love you today. We're thankful that we can gather together in in this house, watch online, and hear the word of God. Lord, we we just confess right from the forefront. We don't need a dusting off or a repolishing. God, we need, a tra- we need a transformation. And you're the only one that does that. So God, I pray you'll do what the needed work is in our lives. I pray you'll anoint me today to speak the words of God, the words of God alone, anoint our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear what the Holy Spirit will want to say to us. And we'll give you thanks and praise for it. Everybody in the room said amen. amen. This, this occasion had a certain amount of shock value to the people at the temple when Jesus showed up. I mean, Jesus comes in this temple. Uh, please forgive me if this seems blasphemous. I don't mean for it to be. But Jesus shows up and just goes off. He shows up and starts throwing tables over, kicking people out. Animals are flying everywhere. John chapter 2 tells an event where Jesus did the same thing a second time. And on that occasion, Jesus actually got some cords and he makes a whip. And he starts running people out of the temple with a whip. Now some of us are thinking, wait a minute. Jesus is gentle Jesus is kind. Jesus never raised his voice. Jesus never got angry. There is, this must be a misprint. There is no way that Jesus would do this. But I just want to beg to you this morning to look at Scripture and perceive maybe there's more to Jesus than what you think. Jesus is passionate about his house and passionate about his temple and passionate about what's going on in the temple. 
Several years ago, I was preaching, about a dozen years ago, I was preaching from this same scripture, and I wanted to be illustrated and animated, so I actually brought some tables on the platform, and when I came to the port of scripture where I say Jesus has turned over the tables, I turned from my Bible, and I literally flipped over the table on the platform, but in my exuberance that day, I didn't think about the fact that plastic tables bounce and the, the table didn't just bounce over it actually bounced into the guitar section and knocked over the guitars it's like you know how guitars sound when they get knocked over especially electric it's not it's not pretty and I found myself having to sort of apologize for the mess I made but I just want to tell you Jesus you don't read any scripture here where Jesus apologized he didn't come up to the money changer and say uh, pardon me ma'am I, I, I need to flip this over. Would you back up? <laughs> He's not apologizing. He's not making excuses. He is clearing stuff out of the temple. And this is not Jesus having a bad day. Jesus is not hangry. It's not that he woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. It's none of those things. This is extreme action that is displaying the extreme passion that God has for his house and for his people. He gets real serious about cleaning the temple. And he doesn't just do it one time. He does it multiple times. So what should we learn about Jesus, our Savior, from this occasion? This isn't just a weird event that happens one time. No, this is, this is a teaching of Jesus lived out. So what should we learn? I think there are several things that we need to learn, especially the American church today needs to learn. I would even say especially the America, American people need to learn. Matter of fact, this, truth, this first truth I'm going to share with you is something that many people outside the church and perhaps even in the church would push back on. There may be a part of you that when I say this statement, you may push back on it, and that's okay because I think Jesus just demonstrated in Matthew chapter 21 exactly what I'm going to say. And here's the first thing I want to tell you this morning is that there are certain things that bother Jesus. Jesus gets angry about certain things. Here's a lesson. It's okay and it is possible to be angry and to not sin. How do you know that? Well, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, but here's Jesus demonstrating it. He threw over tables. He disturbed everything that was going on. And everything he did, he never sinned. Nothing he did in the temple that day was a sin for him to do. How do you know that, Greg? Because Jesus is perfect. He never sinned. And so, therefore, anything he did must be in bounds of his right to do so. Some of us have this picture of Jesus in our mind, which is you know, maybe you saw in my church growing up, we had a picture of Jesus in the foyer. He was, you know, a little bit taller than I am. He had long blonde hair. He looked like he was from California. He had a nice tan. But I've discovered from, uh, from my reading that, that, that Jesus probably did not have blonde hair. Right? Not Middle Eastern people have blonde hair. But, but there's more than just that picture. I've had to reframe the more I get into Scripture 
And some of us have this picture, well, Jesus, nothing that would ever bother Jesus. Nothing would ever get under his skin. Nothing would ever cause him to, to, to be passionate, of so, especially so passionate that he's kicking people out of the temple. Come on, this is just, this is crazy. But here's what I would tell you. The only person that ever gets angry is the person that doesn't care about anything or anyone. You show me the most modest, humble, low-key man that you know, and you let someone break into his house at night, I've discovered that calm men become beasts when someone starts to mess with what they've been entrusted with. Right? Why? Because their, their love for that which is trusting them makes them move beyond their calmness or their regular way of operation. Jesus does not throw over temple he doesn't throw over tables he doesn't clear out the temple because he's mad at people he doesn't do it because he's mad at the church he doesn't do it because he's upset with just what's going on he does it because he's he's passionate and he loves the people and they're missing out on what he wants for them Jesus didn't clear out the temple because he hated the temple he cleared out the temple because he loved the temple Jesus didn't drive people out with a whip because he hated people. He drove people out with a whip because he loved people. Some of you in this room are convinced that Jesus loves people, and so therefore that equals that he's never angry, he's never passionate, he never does anything extreme. But friends, love always does things extreme. The picture of the cross proves that love does extreme things. So what was going on that was so bad? Why would Jesus be so passionate that he turned over temples and drove out people even with the use of a whip was necessary? I'll tell you a few things real quick. Number one, the place that had been destined, the temple, the place that was destined to be a place of healing had become a place of damage. People would go there to worship God, but instead they would be exploited by people. A place that was, was intended for devoted prayer had been replaced as a place for self-service and convenience. A place that was ordained to be a house of prayer for all nations was now just a way for the locals to turn a buck. Warning. We must always make sure the temple of God is about the God of the temple. It's about His business, not our business. It's about His glory, not our glory. It's about His message, not our message. It's about His truth, not our opinion. It's all about Him. It doesn't matter what I, what I think. It doesn't matter what I think I know. It doesn't matter my opinion. What matters is what is God's purpose, what is God's plan for his house, and that's what it's got to be about. Can you imagine with me this morning if maybe this summer you went on vacation and you hired one of these fine young people to house it, your house for you? I mean... Look at Dylan. He's a very responsible young man. But can you imagine if you hired Dylan to house it for you this summer and the first day you were gone, Dylan thinks, 
you know, they really have poor ideas on paint choices. And he began to repaint the interior house according to his flair instead of your flair. And then about day three, he thought, you know, there's really no need in these rooms just sitting here empty. I mean, we could probably rent these dudes out on Airbnb, and he could make, you know, double his money. And you return from your trip, and your house has been redecorated and repainted. The person you're, you're paying to take care of your house has now rented out different portions of your house to strangers, and you walk in the door, and your house is different. What would your response be? Wouldn't you be a little bit passionate? Might you also rip a reach for some type of whip and start getting these strangers out of your house? Why? Because they've taken your home, your domain, and they've made it into something else. Friends, that's exactly what was going on in the temple of God. They were making their temple about their agenda instead of His agenda. And God, help us not do it in our lives today. But anytime anyone begins to make the kingdom of God about their personal kingdom, God takes notice. And God acts accordingly. Because He cares too much not to. Some people think, well, you know, Pastor, God's too kind to do such things. But I want to just tell you, he loves you too. He's, too. he's too kind not to deal with us in such things. And by the way, newsflash, according to the word of God, currently you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything I've just said, I'm not really talking about the four walls of this building. Though it applies to that. I'm talking about the chambers of your heart this morning. Because you now, if you're a Christ follower, the Bible says the Spirit of God now dwells in you. In other words, your heart is His home. And He is passionate about the condition of our heart today. And Jesus doesn't just clean the physical temple. He wants to clean this temple as well. Hebrews chapter 12 says, don't take lightly, in verse number 5, the discipline of the Lord. And don't lose heart when He rebuke you, rebukes you, for the Lord discipline those that He loves. He chastises every son He receives. In other words, Jesus speaks to us. He tries to clean our temple so that we can be more and more like Him. Number two, I would just challenge you to remember that Jesus is the temple cleanser not us. Jesus used disciples for a lot of things. He used disciples to pass out the food when he fed the 5,000. He used the disciples to go make room for banquets when they were getting ready to, to, to have meals in town. He would use the disciples in missionary journeys, even sending them to places he hadn't been yet. He would send the disciples to heal people, pay taxes for him. He, healed, he used the disciples for a lot of things. But I noticed in this occasion and the other occasion when Jesus cleaned the temple, he didn't send the disciples to do that. He did that himself. 
See, it's not my business to clean other people. But it is my responsibility to allow him to clean this temple. You know, Jesus said, get the, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here, paraphrase here, get the railroad tie out of your eye before you get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Jesus is about, and he's in the cleaning business. He is still the cleanser of the temple. First Corinthians chapter 3 says this, Know you not that you, why don't you everybody take your right hand and just do this real quick. Don't hurt yourself, but you know. You know what you just did? You knocked on the door of your temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And just as Jesus was passionate about cleaning the physical temple in that day, he is, he is passionate about cleaning the temple of our lives as well. Why? Because Scripture says the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, He dwells in you. You know, my father-in-law sitting right over here on the second row, he and I sometimes have... Um, conversations because he and I both like bargains. Does anyone else like bargains? Right? I mean, Tom Tom and I, I'll say, hey, I love that golf shirt. And like almost 90% of the time, his response is, man, I paid four bucks for this at Sam's or, you know, whatever. And, or he'll tell me, hey, I like those shoes. And I'll say, hey, I got these on sale. Get this price coded. We love. But, uh, but Tom, forgive me for sharing your business. But his favorite, one of his favorite bargains to find I'm not sure if Beth likes this, but one of his favorite bargains to find are hotel rooms. <laughs> he loves to find bargains. And if you're ever traveling and you want to find a bargain on a hotel room, just call, call Tom. He will, he will help you find a bargain. But he's told me more than once that they have pulled into their bargain hotel stop, walked in, and walked out. <laughs> Have you ever stayed somewhere at a hotel where you walked in, and then you just walked out? You didn't care how much you paid for the room, and they gave you your money back. You're just like, no way, I'm not staying here. Can I just tell you this morning, God's presence cares about where he hovers. He, co- he cares about where he stays. If we're going to host him, you might want to write this down. If you're going to host him, he's going to clean us. 1 John 1 says, If we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us. Cleanses us. That is a present, ongoing phrase. It doesn't say that he cleansed us once upon a time. This is active. This This is going on right now. If we are people of God and the Spirit of God is in us, can I tell you, there is a process that is trying to go on in your life right now. And it is the process of cleaning. God, oh yeah, He immediately removes us from our sin, but the, the, you know, the theological word is sanctification, but He is still cleansing us today. 
Let me tell you something. I may not know where, you're, where you live or your address or your phone number, but here's what I know. Jesus is trying his very best to clean your life up. Oh, pastor, I've been in church for 25 years. That means for 25 years he's been trying to clean your life up. That's what that means. And if you say, oh, not me, pastor, I got my stuff together, then you are the one who needs cleaning the most. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, Psalms 24 says, those with clean hands. Who's going to stand in this holy place, those who have a pure heart, who have not lifted their souls to an idol or sworn deceitfully? Pastor, I think you're just going way too much overboard. I, don't, I think we just got to love God and just, just don't worry about it. Come on. It's, uh, does Jesus really care how I live? Is he really wanting to, you know? We, we, we don't always use this scripture, but 1 Corinthians 11, think about this. The Apostle Paul says that the reason some people are sick, can you handle this? The Apostle Paul, this is not Old Testament, this is New Testament, okay? The Apostle Paul says in Corinthians 11, he says, the reason some people in the church are sick and why some have died is because they haven't taken the Lord's work of purifying their heart seriously. Paul says, people have excused what the Lord says there's no excuse for. Jesus is actively trying to clean the temple today. And the temple is our heart, and it's our life. Listen, I understand this isn't wanting to make you jump over the aisle today, but, but how many know the truth will set you free? Right, right after the truth makes you upset and ticks you off, the truth will set you free. And when I work against the drawing of the Lord, I'm working against what God has for me, because here's the third thing this morning. Jesus desires... To create a healing environment for your life. Some of you, are, you've been sitting here the last 20 minutes, and you've been wondering, Pastor, why does this matter? I mean, why did Jesus, I understand they were doing things they weren't supposed to do. They're taking advantage of people, but come on, just let people be people. Why, why did Jesus, why did he throw over uh, tables? And why did he run people out of the house? And why did he, well, I mean, come on, this, this was a mess. Why did Jesus do that? Here's the answer, verse number 14. The blind. And the lame came into the temple, and he healed them. Pastor, why does God care how I live my life? Why is Jesus adamant about cleaning this temple? Why will he not leave me alone with the, about the things he won't leave me alone about? Some of you have surmised that Jesus is trying to keep you from certain things. No, 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 no. He's trying to get you to certain things. Amen? He was trying to get these people in the temple to a place where they could be healed. Up to this point of Scripture, everything about the temple has been defined as toxic. The activity was toxic. People coming in and going out, they were toxic. Some of you that are sitting here today, maybe your marriage is toxic. Your attitude is toxic. Jesus is speaking to you. Say, listen, I can transform you this morning. 
But it takes some turning the tables over of our lives. It takes some turning over the table of our apathy, the table of our excuses, the table of our comfort. You know, you parents, most of you, when you found out you're going to have kids or child, you, you did some things to your home, right? You took the butcher knives that were in the bottom shelf, and you moved them to the top shelf. You got those little latch things that will make a really sanctified person come close to cussing. You put them on your cabinet drawers. So you did all that. You're creating a safe environment for a child, and then that child went from crawling to walking, and you realize you didn't do a very good job because they started walking up to you with that knife in their hands. Hey, Daddy, you know. But all that stuff, if you're from the kid's eyes, you might think, man, look at all this stuff they're keeping from me. No, no, no. You're a parent trying to create an environment that they could flourish and grow and be healed and become. Jesus does all this because he's trying to create a healing environment for his life, he's, the, the people's lives. He's trying to bring them to a place of transformation. Listen, the reordering that Jesus wants to do in your life today, the cleansing of your temple, is not that you can fit in someone else's mold, but it's that God himself can mold you and make you and heal you and create you into everything he has for you so the gifts of God can be poured into you. But he can't do that. As long as we keep saying, no, 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 this is my junk. This is my stuff. I have a right to keep this stuff. What do you want to do? You want to be right or you want to be healed? I just think each of our lives would, would be dramatically transformed the moment we understand that what he has in his hands is better than what we have in our hands. And oftentimes we have to let go of what we have in our hands so that we can receive what he has in his hands. Jesus changed the priority of the temple so he could change what the temple produced. How many are ready for your life to start producing something different? Then let, let Jesus turn the tables over fresh and new this morning. Let him tell you what ought to be on top and what should be on bottom. Let him tell you what ought to be in the house and what ought to be out of the house. He changed the priority, and when he did, he changed what it produced. Megan, if you want to come last but not least, Jesus heard and he hears the praises of his people are the lack thereof. Jesus cleans the temple, people start being healed, and the children start singing Hosanna. They start singing about Jesus being the Messiah. They start singing praise to God, and the leaders of the house, they come to Jesus, and they're kind of upset, and they said, don't you hear what these kids are saying? They're saying that you're the Messiah. They're saying you're the Son of God. They're singing unto you like you're somebody. You should tell them to stop. And I love Jesus' first phrase. He just said this, yes, I hear them. You ever just wonder, does Jesus hear me when I pray? Does Jesus hear me when I worship him? Yeah, he hears you. He hears you. Jesus hears the praise 
of his people. But Matthew highlights these words to stress again, not only that Jesus is the Messiah, but he also is highlighting this fact that the children in the room perceive something that the adults in the room, or at least some of the adults in the room, they don't perceive. That Jesus is here. Which brings me to realize that a lack of worship on my part is not because Jesus is missing or because he's not working. It's because I'm just not appreciating the work he's doing right now. Jesus was in the temple. He cleaned it out. People were being healed. And some were worshiping him and others were not. A lack of worship on my part is not evidence that Jesus is missing. It's just a sign that I'm missing out on what he's providing in the midst. Our worship is actually a test that we're either passing or failing. That's telling us we recognize that Jesus is with us or we recognize or we don't recognize he's missing. This morning, I want to ask you about your heads. We get ready to close in prayer. I want you to know Jesus is here today. And he's here not to just be enjoyed by us. He's here to cleanse us. He's here to connect us to a greater purpose. He's here to create a new environment that changes what our lives produce. And he's here to connect with us in worship as well. Jesus there's so much power in his name. And I just want to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then just pray together. But you're sitting here and you say, Pastor, I can just sense God is desiring to clean me fresh and new this morning. There are some things that he's been trying to turn over. There's some priorities in my life he's been trying to turn over. And I've been resisting him. I've been making excuses, but today I'm just going to let the Lord turn over everything in my life that needs to be turned over. I'm going to let him upset everything that needs to be upset. I, I want him to clean the junk out of my life because what my life has been producing has not been healing, it's not been wholeness, it's not been life, it hasn't been joy, it hasn't been peace. It's been other things. Today, I just confess my way doesn't work. So I want Jesus to come in and cleanse me fresh and new so my life starts producing what he can produce instead of what I can produce. If that's you this morning, would you just lift a hand real quick? That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I need to, amen, amen. I need to give God permission just to, amen, turn some things over. I'm just going to give him permission. God, turn it upside down if necessary. Amen. Reorder if necessary. Drive out if necessary. But God, I want you in my life. I want your presence to feel at home in my life. Amen. Would you stand with me all across this room this morning? Several, several homes, several hands were raised this morning. But I want to ask you, would you just, I would challenge just all across the room, would you just lift your hands with me this morning? And would you just pray that prayer of the psalmist this morning? God, search me, try me. See if there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you. 
And God, give me a heart that's after you instead of a heart that's distracted by other things. So let the Holy Spirit search you this morning. God, is there some area in my life that you need to turn over? God, is there some attitude in my life you need to drive out? God, is there some agenda in my life that I've made equal or more than your agenda? God, forgive me. God, eradicate it this morning. Lord, it's your temple. I am your temple. I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So every other thing must bow, Lord, because no one deserves to be on the throne of my heart except for Jesus. God, I'm your temple. I'm not the temple of money. I'm not the temple of hobbies. I'm not the temple of financial success. I'm not the temple of fame or fortune. God, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God, have your way. Have your way. Turn over whatever needs to be turned over in us today. Just let the Holy Spirit search you this morning. And I want to pray for you. God, I just pray for every person lifted their hand. Even those today that just sense, God, you're dealing with them. Lord, and when you deal with us, you're not dealing with us because you're trying to keep things from us. You're dealing with us because you're trying to get your promises to us. You're trying to get your healing to us. You're trying to get life and life abundant to us today. So I pray as people are responding to the Holy Spirit, as they're responding to the Word this morning, that God, they would just, they would allow you to drive out everything that needs to be driven out today so they could take in everything that you have for them. God, I pray for these hearts this morning to be hearts of healing. God, where there's been hearts that are hurting, hurting, God, let them be hearts of healing. God, where there's been hearts that have been like stone, God, let them be saturated with the Spirit of God. And Lord, where our life has been so busy about other things, let our life be busy about the things of God. Lord, your word said that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we say, here we are. God, fill us, cleanse us, and use us for your purposes in every way you desire. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you receive the word today, would you just give the Lord a hand clap? Say, we love you, Lord. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.